When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder from Silver and Black Pride here, bringing you another Friday recap podcast. Of course, we also have our mailbag questions. And as your weekly reminder, tweet your questions at me, at mholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com to have them answered on a future show. That's at mholder95 or sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. All right, enough of that. Let's get down to business. I'll kick things off with some Max Crosby news. Vic Tafer of The Athletic reported on Sunday that the Raiders are currently working on a new contract for Crosby, whose rookie deal is set to expire at the end of next season. Pro Football Focus later tweeted out that they are projecting a five-year, $136.25 million contract for the Raiders' top pass rusher, which comes out to about $27.25 million per year. That type of money would put Crosby right behind TJ Watt as the second-highest paid edge defender, slightly ahead of Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, and Khalil Mack. Tafer also said that there's no rush on Derek Carr's contract extension at the moment, and as always, I'll keep you guys posted if anything else new happens. While we're on the topic of new contracts, the NFL released the figures for the fifth-year options for the players who were selected in the first round of the 2019 draft. These numbers are determined by what position a player plays, how many Pro Bowls they've made, and playing time criterion, and the Raiders had three first-round picks back in 2019, so this was significant news for the club. That means Cleveland Farrell will be due $11.5 million if Las Vegas picks up his option, Josh Jacobs is a little more than $8 million, and Jonathan Abram would come in at about $7.9 million. Again, it's the Raiders' choice if they want to pick these up, and they, along with the rest of the league, will have until May 2nd to make a decision. I can pretty confidently say Farrell won't have his picked up, and Abram is questionable, though I lean towards the Raiders not picking up his either, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them pick up Jacobs' option. $8 million would put him about the 10th highest paid running back before the upcoming free agency period starts, and we know that if he can stay healthy, he can definitely be an impact player. Let's keep the contract talk rolling, eh? The Raiders restructured Colton Miller's and Kenyon Drake's contracts this week, creating an extra $14.5 million in cap space in this offseason per ESPN's Field Yates. SpotTrack added on to Yates' report, noting that Miller's $13.5 million roster bonus was converted into a signing bonus, and the same scenario for Drake, just with $5.5 million, and that will give Las Vegas about $36 million in cap space to spend this offseason. That's a nice chunk of change that should help the Silver and Black re-sign players like Max Crosby and Derek Carr, while still having some cash left over to land a big name in free agency. Also, I've mentioned in the past that Drake would be a good fit in Josh McDaniel's offense as a receiving back, but he might be a cap casualty with the way his contract what used to be structured. However, it looks like McDaniels and Dave Ziegler were able to find a way to keep Drake around. On a similar note, the Raiders informed linebacker Corey Littleton that, that he will be released with a post-June 1st designation. Littleton signed a three-year, $35.25 million contract in 2020, but lost his starting spot to Divine Diablo, and the Raiders will get $11.75 million in cap relief while taking on $4 million in dead cap by cutting Littleton. That will push the total cap number up to about $43 million, but the savings won't kick in until June 2nd, so the contract extensions mentioned above will have to wait a bit. I don't expect this to be the last cap finagling news of the offseason as the Raiders can still cut some dead weight to create some more cap space with players like Nick Kwiatkowski and Carl Nassib. I'll move on to some news that's going to be a lot less popular with Raider Nation. 
The Raiders are not tendering fullback Alec Ingold, meaning he will become an unrestricted free agent once the new league year officially begins. Shortly after the news broke, Ingold posted several pictures on Instagram with the caption, It's been a pleasure, handshake emoji, and tagged the Raiders, further suggesting that the club will not be bringing him back. The former Wisconsin Badgers signed as an undrafted free agent back in 2019 and became a team captain this past season. Several current players like Max Crosby have shared their support of Ingold on social media to give you an idea of how the guys in the locker room feel about him. And on behalf of Raider Nation, I'd like to thank you, Alec, and wish you the best of luck with your new team, unless it's the Chiefs. All right, let's move on to some NFL news slash transactions, and I'll start with the new franchise tag updates as the deadline was on Tuesday. The long-awaited news about Aaron Rodgers' status in Green Bay has been a big factor in this whole situation, and he announced that he'll be returning to the Packers next season, and that coincided with Green Bay slapping the franchise tag on wide receiver Devontae Adams, who of course many Raider fans were hoping would make his way to Las Vegas. Granted, news also broke recently that Adams bought a house in Vegas, so technically he's still coming into town. The good news is a couple of other players that a lot of people in Raider Nation are interested in did not get the tag. The Chicago Bears are letting wide receiver Allen Robinson hit the open market, and the same goes for the New England Patriots and cornerback J.C. Jackson, a.k.a. Mr. INT. Within the division, the Chargers did not place the franchise tag on wide receiver Mike Williams. Instead, they reached on an agreement for a new three-year, $60 million deal for the wideout. Atlanta Falcons wideout Calvin Ridley wasn't a free agent, but he was a potential trade target for the silver and black. However, those conversations are now over, as Ridley was suspended for all of next season after getting caught for caught betting on games last season. Ridley apparently put a handful of parlays together on a sportsbook app, all of which were within a five-day period when, when he was away from the team in November, and according to him, he only spent about $1,500 placing wagers on all bets, uh, included the Falcons winning. He's expected to appeal the suspension and try and get it reduced. In other trade-related news, the Denver Broncos have agreed to do a trade with the Seattle Seahawks for quarterback Russell Wilson. In addition to Wilson, Seattle is sending a fourth-round pick to Denver and getting two first-round picks, two seconds, a fifth, quarterback Drew Locke, defensive tackle Shelby Harris, and tight end Noah Fant. This gives the ASC West four top 10 to 12 quarterbacks in the NFL. It means the Raiders will have to play Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert twice a year each. Another quarterback trade that happened around the league is Carson Wentz is headed to his third team in as many years with the Indianapolis Colts sending him to the Washington Commanders. The only reason why I bring this up is Derek Carr has now become a hot name to toss around in hypothetical trades to fill the Colts' new void under center, and Vinny Bonsignor of the Las Vegas Review tweeted that rumors from the Combine are that multiple teams have expressed interest in trading for Carr, and Vinny added to expect those rumors to continue until the Raiders reach an extension with Carr. Oh, and one more thing, the Chargers traded for some edge rusher out of Chicago whose name you might recognize, Khalil Mack. The Bolts sent a 2022 second-round pick and a 2023 sixth-round pick for Mac, and the Raiders' need for a right tackle is certainly intensified. On to our weekly coaching news. The Raiders hired Mitch Singler as an offensive quality control coach. You might recognize the Singler name as Mitch has two brothers who were some pretty good basketball players. Kyle Singler won a national championship at Duke and spent some time in the NBA, while EJ Singler was a great hooper for the Oregon Ducks back in the day. As for Mitch, he followed in his father's footsteps playing football at Oregon State and joined the Beavers coaching staff as an offensive quality control coach from 2016 to 2017. After that, he spent the next four seasons at Duke as the offensive quality control coordinator. With that, the Raiders also officially released their coaching staff for the 2022 season, so I figured I'd give you guys a quick rundown of the new crew. Head coach, Josh McDaniels, Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator, Chris Ash, defensive backs, 
Matt Feeney, defensive quality control coach, Frank Oakham, defensive line, Antonio Pierce, linebackers, Rob Ryan, senior defensive assistant, Jason Simmons, defensive back slash pass game quarter coordinator, Mick, Cord- Mick Lombardi, offensive coordinator, Edgar Bennett, wide receivers, Cameron Basillo, offensive line, Cameron Clemens, assistant offensive line, Bo Hargerty, quarterbacks, Kennedy Palomalu, running backs, Jerry Slopinski, senior offensive assistant, Mitch Singler, offensive quality control, Tom McMahon, special teams coordinator, Marie Strayton, assistant special teams, Matt Sheldon, director of football research and strategy, AJ Nibel, head of strength and conditioning, DeAnthony Batiste, strength and conditioning assistant, Rick Slate, strength and conditioning assistant, and finally, Deuce Gruden, strength and conditioning assistant, so the Grudens still have their legacy strong with the Raiders. The Raiders also announced their player personnel staff, so I'll go over that really quickly as well. GM, Dave Ziegler. Assistant GM, Champ Kelly. Director of College Scouting, Jim Abrams. Director of Pro Personnel, Dwayne Joseph. Senior Personnel Advisor, Sean Harak. Assistant College Director, Assistant Director of College Scouting, excuse me, Teddy Atlas. Assistant Director of Player Personnel, Dewan Daniels. National Scout, Andy Dengler. Scout, Jordan Hyde. In a completely unrelated note, tickets will be on sale for the Hall of Fame ceremony this Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, so probably while you're listening to this. This is, of course, when Cliff Branch will finally get inducted to the Hall, as well as Richard Seymour, and the Raiders will be playing in the Hall of Fame game this year, so you might want to consider taking an early August vacation to Canton, Ohio this summer, and if you do, make sure to grab your tickets for the ceremony and the game. They can be purchased at profootballhalloffame.com forward slash tickets. All right, here we go. Mailbag time. Reminder to have your questions answered on a future show. Tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. First question, Khalil to the Chargers, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yo, thanks, John Gruden. So not really a question, but yeah, I mean, figured I'd address it. You know, Khalil Mack going to the Chargers. Khalil Mack, they uh, trade Khalil Mack. Don't really get much of the picks. I mean... Maybe Josh Jacobs, and then he goes on to Chicago, plays pretty well. Say what you want about him. He's still a pretty damn good player, and now everything comes full circle, and they get to play Khalil Mack twice a year. Granted, probably not the same as he used to be, but still. Like I said before, the, uh, the Raiders now need, need a right tackle desperately and more than ever. Probably a couple offensive linemen, like I've been saying all, all offseason, but, you know, The division keeps getting better. It is what it is. Got to roll with it. All right. This next one's also not really a question. I just thought it was funny, so I'll throw it in here. Derek Carr, Derek spelled like Derek Henry, D-E-R-R-I-C-K. He's, okay, and there's also a space between each, like, word and punctuation, so mind you that. He's taken space, exclamation point, the nation, space, comma, owner, space, and coaches, I, I respect the effort that has gone into this question so far. Uh, again, space exclamation point for a ride. Number four talks a good game, but with two T's, uncapable. Capable, capital C, capital U. Also, this is again a ton of effort. I really respect the the thought that was put into this question here of winning one SB for some reason, but incapable of winning one SB. So you know, I don't, I'm confused because they put the uh, exclam- or the parentheses around SB. So oh, he's incapable of one uh, of winning one Super Bowl. Has never won a playoff game. Two exclamation points 
eight seasons with every S capitalized. For some reason, you keep capitalizing S's and C's in the middle of words. Change is all good for, or change is good for, and it looks like he changed fonts here because this, I don't know, maybe that's just my eyes, but it looks like the, the caps are a little bit smaller here, and now we're going all caps, by the way. All dot, 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 Randolph. Thank you, Randolph. I thoroughly enjoyed reading that. I don't know what it means, though, but thank you. All right, here we go. Legit question here. With the trades that have happened in the recent days in the AFC West, how do you see that impacting how the Rangers attack free agency? Well, I talked about it. I think the the need for a right tackle intensifies. I think, I mean, if you want to go after a Super Bowl this year, you can't put Alex Leatherwood at right tackle. I would not feel confident about Alex Leatherwood going up against the pass rushers. Maybe I'm overreacting to Mac a little bit, but it is kind of that moment like, oh, wow, they're going to have to play another team twice with two really good pass rushers. And again, I just feel like you're kind of going to have to get a veteran now, maybe at that right tackle spot. Um, again, wouldn't really trust a rookie, especially one that you're going to get in the 20s. So I think they're probably going to go after uh, an offensive lineman more aggressively now. And then I think, excuse me, with uh, Russell Wilson now joining the joining the uh, the Broncos, I don't think the Raiders are going to do anything at quarterback like a lot of people seem to be somewhat weirdly suggesting. Um, but I think for what the Raiders are going to need to do now is go after kind of what the Chargers did and kind of what I think you'll probably see a few other teams. Maybe you push a little bit harder for a J.C. Jackson because now you got to figure out how you're going to stop the Broncos' offense in addition to the other two explosive offenses in the Chargers and the Chiefs. So I think they try and probably go after J.C. Jackson a little bit more aggressively. Maybe they end up adding another edge rusher. Maybe they get another pass rusher in the draft um, and maybe even in free agency too. I think the need, again, for a defensive tackle, especially one that can get after the quarterback, is uh, going to be intensified because that's going to be the biggest approach is now they're going to have to figure out how to stop all these offenses week in and week out. And I mean, you look at the rest of the AFC, the AFC is getting pretty strong kind of across the board. They've been talking about it a lot with Joe Burrow and the Super Bowl and all those crazy young quarterbacks that the uh, the conference has. So even if the Raiders can get out of the AFC West, uh, which is going to be a daunting task right now, it's clearly the best division in football. They're still going to have some tough sledding. They're still going to have to face some good quarterbacks. So I think right now they're probably going to be looking at um, going after corners more aggressively and uh, pass rushers in the in the, the defense. And honestly, kind of thinking th- thinking it through right now, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a little bit of a, 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 a just a best player available as an edge rusher in the first round right now. Might have to start looking into those guys, see who's going to be around in those 20s because, um, like I said, man, it's, it's going to be – Getting after the quarterback and affecting the quarterback is going to be huge now with the guys that are in the division and how they're going to have to compete with even the rest of the guys in the conference. All right, last question here before we wrap up. A little lacking on the questions this week, guys. I know we've uh, got a lot of crazy stuff happening on Thursday when we normally ask for them. Trying to get some more in. Love answering you guys' questions. Love hearing you guys' feedback and love hearing what you guys think about the show. Last question here. Where would you rank Derek Carr and the AFC West among quarterbacks now with Russell Wilson in there? The beautiful question that everybody loves to talk about on Twitter. I don't like doing, or I don't really, I should say, I don't care about rankings if you have one person, one or two spots over. And I think with this argument, it's kind of funny to me. I feel like a lot of people are looking at it like a negative thing for Derek Carr to be ranked the fourth quarterback. You know, if I had to put him in tiers, I'm more of a tiers guy. I'd probably put Mahomes and uh, Russell Wilson in, in one tier and then maybe maybe uh, Derek Carr and um, and Herbert in the same tier. And if I had to, gun to my head, rank them one, two, three, probably be Mahomes, Wilson, 
Herbert and Carr. But again, if you're going to flip-flop between those between Carr and uh, Herbert, I'm not going to really fight you on that one that much. I don't really care enough to really get into that argument. But I do think it's a little weird that people are getting all upset about having Derek Carr be the, the fourth best quarterback in the division. Yes, I understand like the ego thing of oh, not wanting to be not wanting to be the worst, wanting to be your team to be first, and I get all that pride stuff. But again, like I mentioned at the top of the show, he might be fourth in division. That's because there's three other guys that are top ten to top twelve quarterbacks. Like it's not a slight to say, okay, Derek Carr's not quite as good as some of these other guys. Like again, you guys know me. I'm not a huge car supporter. I'm not a huge car hater either. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's better than Russell Wilson or better than uh, Patrick Mahomes at this point in his career. I think both those guys have earned, earned it more than he has and shown a little bit more than he does. And as far as Justin Herbert goes, I feel like they I feel like they could put them pretty equal at this stage right now. If you're not taking into stuff like future value, you know, I do think, you know, Justin Herbert being younger, he can, ascend past Derek this next year with another big year and he has a little bit more room for growth again being younger and Derek going into year nine and kind of know what we're going to get even though he's still getting better he's not going to be making the leaps and bounds that um, a younger player would be like Justin Herbert can be so I think that's why part of the reason people will put Herbert over Derek Carr but again if you're gonna if you're gonna argue over those two right now what they've done I really don't care it would be three or four I think it's kind of a, a silly argument at that point but again Derek Carr, he proved this past year he's a top 10, top 12 quarterback. Be happy with that. The whole rest of the division thing doesn't really matter. When all these quarterbacks are that good, like I said, I feel like the biggest thing that's going to make the difference in this uh, this year is which defense can get the most stops because uh, just about every offense is going to be putting up points. And, uh, you know, the offseason is just getting started, so we'll see what happens. All right, that does it for this week's show. As always, make sure you're following Silver and Black Pride. Make sure you're following me on Twitter, at mholder 95 Please rate, review, subscribe, and download. Give us as much feedback as we can. I'd love to hear what you guys think about the show, any ideas, anything that you want me to feature, or even on the other stuff, even with some of the draft podcasts. I know I missed it this week, got a little behind, got busy. But if you have somebody that you want me to talk to, or if you have a connection or anything like that to somebody, maybe a prospect, shoot, shoot me a DM, reach out to me somehow, some way. You guys have the email as well. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to make this as interactive as possible. Other than that, until next time.